How y'all doing today? My name is John New. This is John 2028 Apologetics and Lion and a Lamb Podcast. And today's podcast is going to be out of this world if you get what I'm saying. It's I'm just having fun with it. Um, so I waited till this past week and I wanted to put some thought into it. I know this happened probably around middle of last week, but I wanted to put some thought into it and uh, you know come at you with a with a different angle. So I've done videos on my YouTube channel about aliens in the past, and I've done uh, a couple podcasts as well. So I'm going to rehash some of that because I my my uh, podcast is growing. So this might be a listener who hasn't heard some of that. So I'm going to rehash some of my my um, old arguments and, and bring a different, also a new perspective, not necessarily a different, but a new one. So first, here's my main argument why I think the greys or aliens are demonic, okay? Um, but let me say this first. This isn't because if aliens were discovered, it would hurt my faith or damage my faith in Christ, okay? It, it would not at all. And there's a couple reasons why I can say that. Number one, um, finding more life to me just continues to prove the existence of God. I would have no issue with it. You can't, if you find more paintings in a forest, that just means there's more evidence of an artist around, even if you can't see the artist painting the painting. We see this with Leonardo da Vinci, where we find paintings of his that aren't autographed, but he would smudge the paint with his thumb and leave his thumbprint. So we we find paintings sometimes of his that... We, we determine that are his because of his fingerprint. So this is just adds to his portfolio of his great artistic ability. Okay, just shows his greatness. The more paintings that we find. To me, if we find more life, it just continues to show the evidences of God. Because life can't create itself. Life can't not come from non-living material. Non-living material can't come from nothing. And on top of that, where does the space come from for the non-living material to go? So you can't have matter without space, and space hosts matter, and life comes from non-living material. Like I feel like this is just, it takes more faith to believe in this than it does to believe in a creator, but I'm not trying to go on a tangent. So for, as far as that perspective, it doesn't bother me at all. It doesn't damage my faith number two does the bible speak about aliens i think it does it definitely describes a humanoid or some type of creature that is not human but is human enough to mate with humans um now someone might say why does the bible not talk about aliens well the bible is like i said it might actually do that in the book of genesis which we'll go over here in a second but number two, the main purpose is it's if you find a an instruction manual on a car, it's not going to have how to operate a uh, PC or a cell phone on there because it wasn't written for that purpose. Doesn't prove that or disprove that. Therefore, cell phones don't exist or PCs don't exist. The whole purpose of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is to reveal the coming Messiah. All of it's about him. When Jesus says that in the end of Luke, that all the all the writings and the prophets attest to him. So the whole purpose of the Old Testament 
is about Jesus. We see we see uh, Christophanes or Theopanes, which is God in, in man form in the Old Testament, which is Jesus, or as the angel of the Lord, which just means messenger. He's not a created being, but he came as God as a as a person in human form. That's who wrestled with Jacob. The same Theopany is who ate with Abraham, who was worshipped at Bethal. So we see all this in the Old Testament, and that's what it's all about. And all those laws and all the and all the uh, practices that they did in the temple and putting bread in there, it all led up the sacrifices of animals. All this was foreshadowing the coming Messiah and his sacrifice and you can definitely get a good feel for that in Isaiah 53, which is also in the Old Testament. But my point is, again, I'm going on another tangent, but my point is, is that the scripture is a book, a collection of books, excuse me, a collection of books, I think 66 books by 44 different authors, I think is what it is, and it it speaks about the coming Messiah. You're not going to find other things in there. It's, it talks about how man is redeemed because of man's sin. How humans are sinful creatures and how those sins are and how those sins are paid so we can have uh, salvation, we can have forgiveness, all that. That's what the whole collection of books is about from all the prophets and all the apostles. So you're not going to find other things. You're not going to find, you know, other things in there that don't pertain to that now. There is some cool stuff in there, I must admit. There is some stuff in there that sounds scientifically, scientific e, <laughs> but it's not necessarily, um, that's not the objective of the writings. Right. But like I said, there is some interesting stuff in there. You know, there's dinosaurs. Is that Behemoth and Leviathan? I mean, I think it's a strong possibility. Was that the intention to show and prove the, the reader that dinosaurs are real and evolution isn't? No. It was to show the majesty of God. It was to show the power of God's creation. So there is some interesting stuff in there. And again, is it talking about aliens in the book of Genesis with the Nephilim? I, I think it's quite possible. Uh, was it the intent to show that aliens are real? I don't think that was the intent. I think the intent was to show that corruption and sin it can infiltrate the earth and that God will cleanse the earth of that. And he does it with a flood eventually because of the, uh, the evilness of man and, and because of man's wicked ways is what brought that evil here. But it is interesting, again, because it shows and it describes human-looking things or human-type things but aren't human, but they're human enough to have sex with human women and reproduce with them. So back to Aleister Crowley. Aleister Crowley, he was famously known to be in the occult. And a lot of Hollywood figures partied with him. They did all kinds of weird parties with seances and sex and drugs and all kinds of weird stuff. Well, he believed that he summoned a demon or some type of entity called LAM. L-A-M. That's Lima Alpha Mike. L-A-M. Go to Google. Type in Aleister Crowley. LAM. L-A-M. 
So this is more reasons to believe I have that these greys or aliens are demonic entities or from a different dimension, something like that. Because this was before greys became popular. This was before greys were the the common known um, you know, way that aliens look through science fiction and movies and, and descriptions and everything else. What I'm saying is, is that there's no cave drawings of greys. There's no uh, artistic drawings of greys. There's no writings of aliens that look like greys. That, that alien, if you want to call it that, we'll call it that for sake of the conversation, that alien, the way they're described as greys, became popular in the mid to early 1900s. Okay, and it seems to be the first time that anyone quote laid eyes on a gray was Alistair with Lamb L A M. So if grays are real aliens, like on some distant rock planet in a galaxy far, far away, they you would have to also assume that the first time that they landed on Earth was around this time, and it just so happens to coincide when. Um, you know, Aleister Crowley is summoning demons or entities and they look just like a gray. I mean, it looks just like a gray. So that's another reason why I think that these grays are demonic. So now let's turn to Genesis 6. Genesis 6. I'm reading from the NASB version. Genesis 6, 4. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days... And also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of mankind, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown. Then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great on the earth, so God saying it's wicked for what they're doing, and that every intent of their thoughts of their hearts was only evil continually. So the Lord was sorry for that he made mankind on earth and was grieved in his heart. Then the Lord said, I will wipe out mankind from whom I have created from the face of the land, mankind and animals as well as the crawling things and birds of the sky. I'm sorry for I have made them. And then goes on to Noah. So notice this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Let's really sit at verse 1 on Genesis and try to unpack it. Genesis 6, 1. Now it came about when mankind began to multiply on the face of the land. So so Moses has separated mankind from the Nephilim. Mankind is not the Nephilim. Then it says that they began to multiply with the daughters of man. So the Nephilim were not originally part of the of multiple of multiplying human race. It's something that was added to it later. And Moses even gives a reasoning why that the Nephilim or the Greys wanted the human women because they were beautiful. Right? God saw, or the, the sons of God saw the daughters of mankind were beautiful. And they took wives for themselves, whomever they chose. So, I, mean, I think it can be implied that they just forcefully took women. For whoever they chose. I don't think that they courted them and went over and asked, you know, uh, Mr. Smith, if, hey, can I have Susie or Mary? Let me try to, or Ruth, 
<laughs> or Deborah, can I can I ha- you know woo them over? Can I win them over? Can I do right in front of God for the, for you? Can I show that I I will take care of them? I think it just implies that they just took what they wanted. So could that mean that they were physically strong? Could that mean that they were you know, superior in technology? Could it be all the above? I know some grays have been described as being or identified as being small and short, like little munchkins, right? And then the ones here in Vegas lately were described as being eight feet tall. So I think we want to just think that back then it might have just been some brute, some giant, powerful, physically dominant alien or gray or nephilim but they could have been dominant in many ways including technology and if they are from they are from fallen angels or demons they're going to have all types of knowledge and wisdom and um, they're going to know a whole much more things than primitive man did at this time and much more than us today because they could they're obviously going to gather information and knowledge they're going to know how to use it and why not why not they're obviously a physical being they have they're they're made of matter because they're having sex they're taking earthly women and they're doing with them as they please because of their beauty so it was lust right it wasn't to honor god it wasn't to build a relationship it wasn't to to um to populate the earth to to celebrate god it was because of lust because they were beautiful and mankind was wicked as well, but there was a separation, a differentiation, or di- a differentiation between um, Noah and his family than mankind. So there was still good people. Notice all the Nephilim were bad. So that's another argument that leads to it to being some type of demonic or some type of some evil being, because that was the only reason was because they were beautiful and they weren't separated. Like Moses didn't write. Well, there was some Nephilim that were good. Because they were saved in the flood too. The flood was for judgment to, this, to wipe out all of evil. You see that? So that's another reason why these greys or these Nephilim were, or, were evil or demonic. Not just some advanced civilization that lives on a distant planet, you know, 30 light years away that just so happened to stumble upon us. But even if it is, it doesn't affect my faith in any sense. Because, again, the Bible is a, a book, a collection of books that give us the gospel, give us the, give us the Messiah, give us the reasoning for um, redemption, how we're saved, and the sacrifice that God gave His only Son for us. That's the whole purpose of the book, or the collection of books. Another argument that people like to use is that I don't see how... You know, we're special. Well, I mean, (laughs) we're special enough that God sent his only son to die and rise again on this planet, on this earth for us. So I don't, I wouldn't say we're not special. We're special enough for God in the flesh to dwell among us and to um, go through torture and, and pay for debt that me and you make every single second of our life. So I, I don't I don't buy that we're 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 uh, we're not special. So I, that would make an argument against the existence of of, of aliens. But well, like I said, I don't 
see how it contradicts or goes against anything that we have or that we've stated so far. All right, so <laughs> now it's kind of tinfoil hat time, right? Um, now, let me make this clear. I'm not totally against all conspiracy theories. There are a few that I think that I do kind of agree with to a certain degree, for sure. Um, so I don't want to be disrespectful. I think that it's intellectually dishonest that whenever someone comes up with, an, uh, with a conspiracy theory or an idea that contradicts a common known belief that you just automatically throw that person or that idea into tinfoil hat. Now, I am going to smile and take a couple jabs at you if you do believe in stuff like this, but I'm not, but I'm not, I'm, I'm open to be corrected, okay? Because like I said, there are some conspiracy theories and I'm not going to talk about them now because it'll be a thousand rabbit holes, but uh, there are some things I think it has some validity to it. So part Project Blue Beam, Blue Beam. Okay, where they're going to use this belief that some large government body is going to create or, or a fake second coming or something like that. And it's going to have something to do with aliens, maybe a large abduction. Or they're going to say that we were abducted to hide that it was the, the second coming of Christ. Um, I don't buy that for the main reason the scripture says that all will see. All will see when Jesus comes. I don't. There's no technology. There's nothing. No, no. Um, three-dimensional type of, you know, fake image that you could ever create that's going to mimic anything in the slightest resemblance of the majesty of Jesus coming. It just can't be done. Now, does this mean that, therefore, I don't believe in a world order? I mean, I think that there's some. I think there's some truth to that. I think the governments are crooked, and I do think they deceive. I just don't think they can pull this off, even if they are trying to do this. I don't think it can be pulled off. I just don't. Now, I, I do think that it's quite possible. If I, again. I do think it's quite possible that when the second coming does come, that the media or this, the, this government body could, I think this is possible, not plausible, okay? Because I just said I don't, I don't believe in it, but I will say it's possible, not plausible, that after the second coming of Christ, they know that Jesus is coming deep down in hearts, but they still want to worship and follow evil, follow Satan, that they will say, well, look, it was the grays that took them. I think that that's possible to, and to you know, use that as a camouflage of what really happened so everyone can continue to live the lives all that they want, so they can continue to control people and they can continue to uh, be in control of the masses. Because if you have people who are following Christ, then they're not under control because we have a shepherd, right? Our shepherd's not the government. Our shepherd isn't any entity besides Jesus. So, I can see that. It would slow, it would stop people from repenting. Oh, it was a grace. Oh, it was a fake Jesus. I, I, can, I can see that to a certain degree. But I just don't think they can pull it off. But I do think that there's also a possibility that these, because there's no doubt that the media has reported on 
alien spacecraft a lot more now than they have recently. Is that because they're trying to cover for other stories that they don't want us discussing? Is it because that it's real? I don't know. But like I said, these the Nephilim, we just can't assume it just meant that they had a bigger sword and a shield. They were easily taking women, anyone that they wanted. We could do that with technology as well. So, you know, I, I think this is where you start speculating too much and it can throw you off from trying to follow some type of logical understanding and conclusion on what's going on. we got to be careful about this because, like I said, it's just mostly speculation. And as you can tell, I'm thinking, trying to think through all of this and trying to maintain some type of, you know, objectivity. But you can't because now it's just purely speculation. Another reason why I think the Nephilim, because the, the Bible, after the flood, it still describes some of them um, still interacting with people in a certain way. I mean, that's how we got Goliath. Okay. So, and in the book of Numbers, it describes them. Numbers 13. Then it says they're descendants of Anak, which is where men of known of great size. So, they're, if they're not humans, I mean, that means they could easily come up off the earth. right? Maybe in a ship. Maybe because they're demons or both. And then they come back. And the flood was to judge mankind. Also, think about this. The demons haven't been judged yet. Now they're condemned to, to burn in hell in the lake of fire for eternity with Satan. But they but but uh they have not been cast yet. Okay, remember when Jesus uh, freed the man that was full of legion and the and, and all the demons went into the pigs the pigs and they had jumped off the cliff? Well, remember what the demon said or legion said? Are you here to judge us now? So they haven't been judged. They've been they've been condemned, but they haven't been uh, ju- sentenced yet. They're rightfully judged. They are demons, but they haven't been sentenced yet. Jesus hasn't tossed them into the to the lake of fire yet. So that's another reason that could show that they have the ability to leave the earth from a great flood, or they have the ability to, um, whether it be from a spaceship or just floating up because they're demons or both. Now, one thing to kind of wrap this up in Matthew 24, Jesus does say that the end of times is going to be like the days of Noah and what was happening in the days of Noah. That's what we've been talking about this whole podcast. Matthew 24, 37 through the 39. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day of of no return to the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall this coming of man, son of man be so if it's going to be like the days of Noah and it's talking about the sin of man and in the days of Noah also had the Nephilim in it it's logically consistent to assume that they would be showing up as well again or they're still here or they're doing their thing and maybe that's why today we have an uprise in in these grays or these these uh, lambs lambs from 
from Aleister Crowley or whatever you want to call it. Maybe that's why we see an uptick in it because we are in the end of days. I do believe that we are in the end of days. So I'm going to try to not go on too much speculation because a lot of this podcast is speculation. It's, it's a lot of free thought. Okay. I'm not, I could be, I could be wrong. A lot of things I've said, um, I'm just, if I am, I pray for the Holy spirit to correct me and give me guidance. But, um, I think that there is some grounding for some of the things I've said. And I think it's, it's an interesting topic and it's hard for us to get any grounding to this because it's so green. There's no, I mean, we don't know much of anything at all. So you do have to speculate and use common sense and common sense and deductive reasoning to come to some of these conclusions. But I think there's some, I think there's some grounding to it, but I thank you for listening. And, um, I'll end with this, that do I believe in aliens? I believe that there's a, I believe that there's a living being that is not human that interacts with people. If you want to call it an alien, call it an alien. I think it's scripturally sound. So I do believe that, yeah, I think the scripture, the scripture supports that. And, um, now did, like I said, did they come from a distant planet where they just rose through the ashes and found and stumbled upon us? I don't believe that. I don't. I don't believe like there's some imperial city on some planet named, you know, Zukalaki and they're sitting over there and they're sending scout ships over here. No, I think it's interdimensional. And I think there is some some evil and some some demonic feeling to them, and it's not because they look different. I think there is something fishy going on with them. I do think it's real. I do think the reason why I've seen an uptick on it is because we are approaching end of days. So yes, if you want to call them alien, call them alien. Whatever, but yes, to a certain degree. Yes, but not not through the uh, you know this distant planet way. All right, that's my stance so far. But I am open to change as I learn more, and it will never damage my faith because it does. Even if aliens are real, even if they are on some distant planet named Zukanaki or whatever, sipping tea in some imperial silly city, it still doesn't disprove the resurrection. Okay, thank you for listening. God bless in Jesus' name.